Oh, the weather outside is frightful. No, I'm not parroting words to a Christmas song. That's just the facts. Winter weather finally catching up with us in North America. And after so little so far, it's finally arrived. For some, it might seem delightful. If you play in the snow, the late arrival of winter was a welcome sight. Skiing, snowboarding, or just snowshoeing, like the guy and his fiancée I was next to earlier this week. But there's also danger when winter finally appears. Heavy snow and blizzard conditions in the Midwest, the Great Plains, the Northeast, major highways closed, people told not to go out. But the same massive storm bringing downpours of rain, hail, flooding, and at least three tornadoes in the south. Now blizzard conditions in the northwest. Canada switching into winter commute mode as El Nino is a critical factor for weeks to come. Be careful. Stay safe. Seek your comfort found only in the Lord. Welcome to Haven Today. Can you believe it? It's now Thursday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And this is a program in a series called Keeping It All About Jesus. Well, you may feel like you're on a sinking ship, but because God loves you and Christ died for you, you do have a great opportunity. You can trust the never-failing Savior. Stay tuned as we think about how God saves people as they feel they're sinking. This is the Haven of Rest broadcast, and I'm Ray Ortland. Now, there is a voice from my past and maybe your past as well. The late Dr. Ray Hortland, who was the third speaker of this program, as well as my predecessor. What a week we've had, looking at the history of the Haven of Rest program, but we're also looking to the future. As this week, we've announced my successor and our fifth speaker, David Woolen. Under Ray Ortland's leadership, the program became Haven. And when I became the speaker, after the year 2000 and after 9-11, We changed the name again to Haven Today as we began to talk more about the issues and news of our day. But one thing hasn't changed in our 90 years of history, and it's not going to change. As the good ship Grace goes to a new speaker, David Woolen, he's going to keep it all about Jesus. Tell me I'm right, David. Yes, you're right. And you're not putting words in my mouth. Actually, that's what I told the board of directors when we were confirming and finalizing the succession, and one of them asked me, David, if you're going to become the president of Haven, do you see this ministry changing? And I think my response was something along the lines of, well, Haven will always be adjusting and adapting. This is a ministry that speaks to the present, and our world is changing so fast. And Charles, that's certainly been true yes. under your leadership, but you've always stayed on mission. And I'm more focused right now on the things which absolutely cannot change. And at the top of that list is for Haven to continue focusing that spotlight on Jesus. So I am 100% committed that we're going to continue keeping it all about Jesus. Well, and as I'm going emeritus and you're coming on board, David, I want everybody to know I'm not going totally away right away. I'm going to stay with you. I'm here to support you. But I'll tell you what, as I'm getting older, 
It's kind of nice to pass the baton. So I think it might be good. <laughs> Let me just throw you this question. It's something I ask just about everybody that I do an interview with on the program and have the last 24 plus, almost 25 years. David, what does Jesus mean to you? Mm. What a question. We don't have enough time for a good answer, Charles, but I will say he's everything. Uh, he's, he's the creator of the universe. He's Savior. He's friend. He's Lord. Uh, I think of Acts 17 when Paul tells the philosophers uh, there on Mars Hill that in him we live and move and have our being. And every year that goes by, Jesus just gets bigger mm. and bigger. You know, sort of like in the in the the stories, the Narnia stories with Aslan. I think it was Lucy who said, "Aslan just gets bigger and bigger every time I see him." Well, that's I think the effect that we experience as we grow in Christ and in His Word, and He just looms larger and larger and gets closer and closer. So, Charles, it's 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 correct what we say. It's all about Jesus, and I'm looking forward to the future because I know that doesn't stop. Jesus just keeps getting bigger and bigger the more we behold Him. Well. Good. Thank you very much. Well, David, I want you to share in a minute how you met Jesus. Hmm. So as we continue in this series, keeping it all about Jesus, we're going to turn our focus today to King David. But we're also going to turn our focus to God's covenant with David and then how that covenant was fulfilled in the son of David, Jesus. But before that, we want to challenge everyone listening to join us in reading God's Word all the way through, cover to cover, with the goal of knowing Jesus better this year. I think everyone can do this with the help of our just-released hardback book called Christ in All the Scriptures, reading and praying through the Bible in a year. Now, the book includes a reading schedule. You can check it off each day as you complete the assignment. But we also include an introduction to all 66 books, on how all the scriptures point to Christ. And as I said, the goal is more than knowledge. We want to help you grow closer to Jesus as your Savior and Lord. This is not just for you, though. It's for others you know. So after the program, why don't you make your way to our website, make your first gift of a brand new year, 2024, and order one or more copies of Christ in all the scriptures. We've included the first several days of reading there on the website to help you get started before your book arrives. Just come to our website, though, haventoday.org, haventoday.org, or call us after the program for Christ and all the scriptures at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And now let's open the program with Sovereign Grace. In his hand, who has numbered every grain of sand? Kings and nations tremble at his voice. All creation rises to rejoice. Behold, Come, let us adore Him. Behold a King, nothing can compare. Come, let us adore Him. 
seated on His throne. Come, let us adore Him. Behold our King, nothing can compare. Come, let us adore Him. That's a song to wake us up. Behold our God by sovereign grace on this haven today, keeping it all about Jesus. I'm Charles Morris and uh, David Wolin. Do you mind sharing with us how Christ Jesus became real in your life? Hmm. Well, Charles, I came to faith, and I always hesitate to say this because it, I was only four years old uh, when I remember, and it's really my first memory is sitting there on the couch talking with my parents. I had heard the gospel in Sunday school, and I just believed 100%. I believed and I understood the basics of the gospel, and so it's it's a truth. I can say that I can hardly remember a time when I was not believing in Jesus. And I, I kind of wished, you know, growing up that I had maybe a little more dramatic testimony, but looking back now, what a gift to have, have loved and followed Jesus. Um, and of course, as the years rolled by and, you know, going through the turbulence of, of high school and, and a time in college of questioning, is this really true? Which ultimately drove me uh, to Biola University, where I got a degree in biblical studies, because I wanted to grow deeper in my knowledge of the Word. And Charles, today, I look back with gratitude that the Lord brought me to Himself and has, has kept me in His care and is keeping my whole life. Mm. Nearly 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm giving it away that you're in your early 40s now. So, (laughs) Well, David, let's move into what we're talking about today. And I think it's ironic that uh, we're talking about your namesake, Mm. King David. Let's do what we've been doing. Why don't you lead us into the Old Testament, talk about King David, and then we want to lead that into talking about this son of David, obviously, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so Charles, uh, we're in 2 Samuel 7 today. This is a milestone moment in the Old Testament. And so, yes, David has come to this point of peace. Uh, the, he's, been, he's been fighting wars against his enemies for years in his, the first part of his kingship, and now there's relative peace, and he wants to build a house for the Lord. And it seems like a noble, God-honoring thing to do, Uh, David's heart, you know, from the way we read the text, it seems to be in the right place. Even the prophet Nathan initially agrees with David. Yeah, building the temple is a great idea. Nathan says, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. But it turns out Nathan spoke too quickly because next we read, that night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan saying, go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. Are you the one? to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, why have you not built me a house of cedar? This might sound a little bit like a dressing down of David, but it's right here, 
where God flips the whole thing on its head, and next comes the biggest promise God has made, arguably since his covenant with Abraham back in Genesis 12. And so these words, Charles, and I'm going to build this up a little bit, these are foundational to the hopes of Israel from this point forward. And what God's about to say is the basis of the messianic expectation that takes shape from here on out. This is what helps us understand and interpret the Psalms and the prophets and the writings for the rest of the Old Testament. So let's hear what God says to David next. It says, The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So David came into this wanting to build God a house, but in fact, it's the Lord who will build him a house, and not a physical one, but an everlasting dynasty. This is the promise of an everlasting kingdom. It will have a son of David sitting on the throne, and it's going to continue into eternity. So, Charles, just a couple of things I want to note here. So, in the books of First and Second Samuel, this is where we read the stories of King Saul and King David. And here, the king is referred to often as the Lord's anointed, or the anointed one. In Hebrew, Mashiach. Uh, in English, the word is Messiah. So the promise that we're reading about here in 2 Samuel 7 is ultimately one about the Messiah and will be fulfilled in the Messiah who will come. And it's clear Paul's not the Messiah. He's a disappointment. Even King David, as great as he was, he's not Messiah. The latter half of his life, we see that David falls not just a little short. His fall was disastrous. It culminates in adultery and murder. Although his heart before the Lord was repentant, that was not true of Saul. But all of this does not invalidate God's promise. And for every king that follows, even Solomon, it's like there's a caption next to them that says, not the one, not the one. It's not Solomon. Mm. It's not the kings Mm. that came after, so many of whom just became more and more evil. And yet the promise remains, and there's this dramatic tension that gets tighter and tighter throughout the Old Testament. How can God fulfill his promise after all of these things have happened and things seem to be getting worse and worse for the people of Israel? Hmm. But there's hope. But there's hope. On the horizon. And uh, since I get to lead us into the New Testament, David, um, I'm just going to keep going in Matthew like I did yesterday. Uh, When Jesus was teaching and preaching repeatedly, he refers through Matthew to naming Jesus as the son of David that you just mentioned, this forecast person to come. Uh, There in the opening of Matthew's gospel in chapter one is the famous genealogy. And Matthew refers to Jesus as the Messiah, son of David. Fits together with what you just shared with us. He was one and the same person. And that many was the fulfillment of the promise made to the first David that a future King David's son would sit on his throne. But here's the difference. This future King David would reign eternally. Now, that's a significant link with what David Woolen, not King David, was just sharing with us from the Old Testament. And this name, son of David, shows up elsewhere in Matthew. 
There were blind men in chapter 9. Son of David, have mercy on us. In chapter 12, all the crowds were amazed, saying, This man cannot be the son of David, can he? In chapter 15, the Canaanite woman, whose daughter was demon-possessed, cried out, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. In Matthew 22, Jesus was going head-to-head with the religious leaders. He was setting them up to show them who he really was, to open their minds to wonder, to ponder who he really was. And Jesus asked them, and I'm reading now from verse 42, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under my feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? And then it kind of gets a little murkier because we're told in Matthew, no one could say a word in reply. And from that day on, no one dared ask him any more questions. Now, let me, from chapter 22, go back one chapter to chapter 21 and share an even stronger connection with the Old Testament. The crowd was going ahead of Jesus as he was entering Jerusalem just before he cleansed the temple. The people were crying out, Psalm 118, on what we now recognize as Palm Sunday. They were relating this famous text from the Ketuvim, or writings, to this holy man they saw entering the holy city. They spread their cloaks and cut palm branches to spread for him to walk across, riding on a donkey. Verse 9, Matthew 21. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Here it is again. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And in case we missed it, Matthew follows up a few times later in verse 15, quoting this special name again for the anointed one. Even the children, he reports, were in the temple courts shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. This was too good to be true, yet it was true. And that word we translate from Hebrew into English, that word Hosanna, it's a Hebrew expression that means save. It's an exclamation of praise to our Savior. Remember that the next time you hear the word Hosanna mentioned in Scripture. One more thing about the great story that's all about Jesus. It goes back to what we heard earlier in the Old Testament. The Lord speaking to David through the prophet Nathan. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring after you. I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, of course, this is referring to the first coming of the Messiah. But I think inspired Matthew in his gospel had a double meaning. Yes, in the genealogy of Matthew 1, recording the first coming, God is saying, I will raise up. But I believe he had a double meaning in mind. He was also pointing to the resurrection, the raising of Jesus from the dead. David Wolin, Hmm. isn't it a delight to find Christ in all the Scripture? Uh, It is our delight as Christians as we grow in grace and grow in our knowledge of the word Charles 
I feel like a, a kid finding a treat every time that I see something new sparkling out of Scripture that I've never seen before. That's the joy of reading God's Word in this way. And Charles, this is the truth. You and I need that son of David on the throne of our lives. He's the ruler who cannot fail of our lives, but of all of the universe. I mean, we can look all the way to Revelation and think about what John saw there when he's weeping and weeping because there's no one worthy to sit on the throne. But stop. He sees something. There's a lamb sitting on the throne. It's the God-man, the sacrificed lamb who's sitting on the throne. Truly, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. Thanks, David. The kings of earth rest on your shoulders. You rule on David's throne. Your kingdom here is now established. Christ our Lord of Lords. Music from Passion, Grace of God with us. I hope the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is with you today. Here on A Haven Today called Keeping It All About Jesus, David Wollen with Charles Morris. Now, David and I have already started reading the scripture through, but we also are using the new book that we've just released, Christ in All the Scriptures, Reading and Praying Through the Bible in a Year. We produce this to help everyone make it through reading Scripture in a year, but even better, to draw us closer to our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's right. And Charles, I've been enjoying reading this book. Uh, In fact, I checked this morning to just see if this is something that's getting some traction, some interest in our listeners, and it is. It's flying off the shelves, which makes me really excited because this is one of the best things I think Haven has published in a long time. And I'll even say this. uh, We've said that this is to help you read the Bible through in a year, but that doesn't mean you had to start on January 1. And it doesn't mean that if you get a little bit behind, now it's not going to work for you. This is going to walk through the Bible with you at whatever pace you're able to go. And throughout the whole time of reading God's Word, you'll be seeing more and more how it's all about Jesus. But the goal is to get you into God's Word, Mm -hmm. move you into a deeper relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. You need to get Christ in all the scriptures, reading and praying through the Bible in a year. Mm -hmm. 
But let me just encourage you to not get one copy, get some extra copies so you can share this resource with others. And we've even on our website included the first few weeks of the Bible reading sequence so that you can get started even before your copy of the book arrives. Well, just go right now to haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or give us a call if it's easier at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. I'm Charles Morris. And I'm David Wallen. And we want to invite you to come back and end your week with us tomorrow as we share together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. For your walk with Jesus, I'm David Wolin with Haven Today, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It's always good to look back and reflect on what God has done in your life. And what better time than now as a new year begins? I'm sure last year brought you highs and lows. Sometimes the highs of life can be especially high, and the lows especially low. But regardless, God was with you. He knew your needs. In some way, He met them. And that holds true for the year to come. Every day, God is your provider. In Jesus Christ, you are cared for. And because of Jesus, that's true into eternity. As the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. Try out Anchor Devotional at getanchor.com.